Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the Management Matters podcast. I'm Caitlin Bloom, Director of Fellow Engagement at the National Academy of Public Administration. This week, we are releasing a special series in celebration of Public Service Recognition Week, where we will be speaking with fellows of the Academy that represent different levels of government, the nonprofit sector, and academia. We are excited to hear about their journey to public service, their lessons learned and best practices, and their advice for future leaders. On this episode, I'm speaking with Arlise Key, former deputy to the Chairman for External Affairs at the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation and an Academy Fellow. Arlise, thank you for joining and welcome. Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you so much. So Arlise, it's Public Service Recognition Week, and I want to know what brought you into a career in public service and what made you stay? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm so happy to be able to talk with you and um, hopefully have others listen in this morning. The first thing I'd really like to say is I'm just honored to be a Napa fellow and to participate in making recommendations to our government to to assist in finding solutions to all of the many challenges that exist in the area of public administration. And then I really want to secondly begin by offering my congratulations to the many who have answered the call to serve and to work as a public servant day in and day out and to make sure that all of our citizens are safe, that they're healthy, and that they enjoy the benefits of living in our nation. In responding directly to your question, uh, I want to give a shout out to my hometown, very small town in Schulenburg, Texas, where I grew up many, many miles uh, from any form of the federal government. But I left there and went to undergraduate school at the University of Texas in Austin and then stayed to go to law school where I learned more about the government. In fact, I majored in government as an undergraduate and I had a wonderful mentor in law school someone who is a very well-known public servant, former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. And she actually influenced me to take a job in Washington. I had a number of offers upon my graduation from law school, many of which were to go into private sector, to join join an oil and gas company, um, or the one job offer that I had for the U.S. government. And it was with the Department of Labor back then in 1982. She thought that I might benefit from spending some time in Washington, learning more about the government, which I had a great interest in. And she actually also thought that I might be able to make some contributions and do some really good work for our government. So I decided to take her advice, moved to Washington, thought that I would stay for a few years. But after landing the job at the FDIC, where the mission is so important to ensure the safety and soundness of our nation's banking system, And I got the opportunity to do so many different things, to participate in the resolution of two financial crises, to make constant changes to improve the health and safety of our financial system. And I ended up staying for more than 35 years there at the FDIC and enjoyed every minute of it. You just mentioned you were at the FDIC for 35 years. What was the best part of your job? Oh, my goodness. I would have to say implementing the mission ensuring the safety and soundness of our nation's banking system, and then doing that with the support and the insistence and the hard work of so many dedicated public servants. The people were really probably the best part of the job. There are just a lot of very dedicated, very hardworking, uh, very knowledgeable 
individuals who work at the FDIC. I think I mentioned I retired in December of 2021. And I would say that it's the people that I miss most about my job. Absolutely. And how have you seen the field evolve? Well, the the field of banking has evolved tremendously. And I think it's those individuals that I mentioned that have helped that to be so. Receiving feedback from the industry, working with the industry, looking at the way that the world has evolved in terms of who our savers are, who the constituents are, who the bankers are, and looking at the needs, the current uh, needs of the financial industry. So it has evolved quite a bit. The use of technology has assisted that. And then, you know, we've, we've just come out of a crisis. I think that you might ask me some questions about that, but even more recent events of the crisis um, have helped the financial industry and the way that we regulate the industry to evolve. So that's a great segue into my, my next question, which is, you know, with your decades of federal managerial experience, you have most certainly come across challenges that you faced and resolved through strong management practices. Tell us about some of them and what others in your same position learn from. The first thing that I will say is that at a time of managing a crisis, the number one thing that you have to do is just keep your eye on the mission. Then I think the second thing you have to do is understand and anticipate that you'll need to be flexible at all times. And then then the, the next thing is you have to make sure that you take care of your resources, all of your resources, recognizing that your human resources are probably the most important one. These past two years, um, as, as we all managers in the federal government have managed through the pandemic, and it's not just the t- pandemic, but uh, I think it's been a couple of years of multiple crises. Not only did we see you know, the development of COVID-19, but we also saw job losses. We were threatened with the risk of potential financial crises. And then in a huge way, unlike we've ever seen before, the killing of George Floyd and, and others uh, in similar situations highlighted the long-standing issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, which have long been overlooked and now at the forefront of almost everything that we do. And it takes a very flexible, a very thoughtful, a very visionary leader to lead and motivate staff to keep their eye on the mission during times like this. And uh, I, I will never forget March of 2020, when on a Friday, leaders throughout government were all pulling together in their own separate agencies, putting together plans to tell their employees not to come in on that next Monday and implementing immediate telework for all employees across all of the agencies. I think that that taxed us in a way that we had never been taxed before. But I'm also very, very proud to say that everyone really met the mission in terms of making sure that federal government still continued to work. And we all served, and I think that we've all, we're not out of it yet, uh, but I think that everyone just did a tremendous job. And the employees themselves, I think, felt free to give feedback, to assist us in developing the at-home telework situations. And now that we're bringing employees back to work, it's a little fun for me because I get to look in and advise uh, occasionally. 
that as I'm watching the agencies go back into the office and develop the new plans for either ongoing telework or for hybrid situations, uh, it just makes me awfully proud to see the evolution as we've moved through COVID and the other crises that I've mentioned. Like many fellows, you have officially retired, but not really. You just alluded to the fact that you're doing some, you know, advising. What what has been keeping you so busy? Well, I I have a I'm an, a, an official nominee for a board. It's a Thrivent Mutual Funds, and I'm a director nominee, but have also uh, already begun to do some work for that board. I have a number of volunteer organizations that are very near and dear to my heart. I am from Texas originally, as I mentioned, and I do serve, work very closely with the University of Texas at Austin. I am a member of the board of directors for the Texas Exodus Alumni Association. I serve as a trustee on the uh, foundation for the law school there. I serve as a trustee at my local church. I'm a very active member of the uh, the academy here and work on a couple of different uh, committees. Those are just a variety of the things, but I find that I have a daily schedule. I, um, If I am asked to provide some general advice based on the positions that I held at the FDIC, uh, as a former government employee, I am happy uh, to offer my advice um, wherever it is needed. But every day is a, is a busy day. And I would just say that serving as a uh, public servant, once you retire, you don't just uh, stop working and forget about it, but you continue to read, you continue to stay up, and you continue to give advice where needed. Speaking of advice, my last question for you is, what advice would you give future public servants if they wanted a career in federal service? Well, I think the first thing that I would say it is not for the faint of heart, depending on where you decide to go, what agency or organization um, you you decide to join. You may find that you are operating very visibly with a lot of constituents who want to look in on how you do your job. And that's why I say it's not for the faint of heart. I know that many times as I was moving through the various different positions that I held, one of the things that I held on to was the uh, the mantra from one of our former presidents, and that was John F. Kennedy, you know, ask not what your country will do for you, but what you can do for your country. And I think that's very important because sometimes the work is difficult. Sometimes the work is very hard. And so I would say to any of our young people, especially uh, who are just coming out of college or even those who are looking for internships, the work can be very exciting. It can be very rewarding. You get a lot of very high level responsibility early in your career. The opportunities for learning are incredible. The opportunities for networking uh, are tremendous. The opportunity to get to meet people who are very influential and might be able to give you guidance are tremendous. And you can just learn so much. But there are times when the work will be very difficult and you do have to go and be prepared to do above and beyond. And I think that's necessary for for service, for the protection of our country. When you think about all of the services that the federal government provides from our national security to our health and safety from a physical standpoint, as well as our standpoint um, from the financial industry. 
Elise, I want to thank you for sharing your journey with us, your passion for the employees who dedicate themselves to this field, and insights for future public servants. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special series of Management Matters podcast celebrating Public Service Recognition Week. Check back every Monday for podcasts from the Academy as we make government work and work for all.